Welcome to the GeoMob podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, be it for fun or profit. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the GeoMob podcast. I'm joined today by Andrew Hart, who is founder of a London-based startup called Dent Reality. Andrew spoke at GeoMob last January, I believe, at one of our last in-person events. And it was really mind-blowing, his presentation, very cool application that uses augmented reality in the context of helping people in a retail setting navigating around a store. So very cool talk in its own right, but also very exciting because it, it delves into the whole topic of indoor navigation, which is a topic that, of course, we've seen a lot of innovation around in the last couple of years. So, Andrew, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ed. How's it going? Very good, very good. Why don't we dive straight in, introduce yourself a bit, and tell us tell us how you got into, into this space. Absolutely. So for anybody that maybe doesn't know what augmented reality is, I think a lot of people are more familiar with virtual reality. Virtual reality is where you put on a headset and you get kind of transported to this virtual world. And augmented reality is kind of a sidestep from that. It's about bringing that virtual content into the real world. So if you've ever used Pokemon Go, or you've used the IKEA furniture apps, or maybe you've played around with Snapchat filters, those are all using uh, augmented reality. So I think it's actually a lot more familiar than people first imagine. My vision for AR is really about where it's going in the future. It's about its potential to connect us with the physical world. It really is a technology, uh, if you think about it, that goes beyond the screen for the first time and enables our content to live within the real world. I think there's all sorts of sort of assistive experiences that we can gain from that, such as navigation and those types of things. So I got started in the space a couple of years ago. I've been a software developer for like a decade. And a few years ago, I created what became a quite a popular open source project called ARKit plus Co-Location. And it really pioneered the location-based AR space and enabled some things for the first time, such as AR navigation, point of interest experiences, and a few other things. And I started to kind of put out some demo videos online and those picked up some traction. And then I got a lot of inbound from many different indoor spaces and many different businesses uh, from all sorts of different areas. And the one that I thought was most interesting where there's incredible potential is within retail. And so then I started Dent Reality. And the way that I describe Dent Reality to anyone is, you know, we're building a platform which brings the benefits of online shopping to physical retail stores. And we're doing it that using our knowledge of things like maps and location-based experiences and augmented reality. And where we're really starting is quite simple. It's allowing somebody to build out a shopping list of maybe 30 items. And then you get the map of the store and you get we, we actually place those items on the store and you get to press a button where we can just organize all of that. And we can show you where those items are, how to get to all of them. And we can guide you there step by step through the store using maps and augmented reality. And going forward, you can imagine we can add many other things to that uh, to make that experience even better around product information and relevant recommendations. So there's a lot of scope for us to grow. But um, where we've started today is we've built out that foundational technology and we're starting to deploy in stores and test with shoppers. Well, wow, Andrew, lots lots to unpack there. Congratulations, first off, on, on all of this. So first off, for our listeners out there, this is, again, one of those cases where podcasts perhaps doesn't do this topic justice. I really recommend mm-hmm. you take the time to go to the Dent Reality homepage and and watch some of the videos they have there, the demos, because it's, it's really a case where seeing is believing. 
and you get a true understanding of the power of this technology. So yeah, you know, I think sometimes when we sit down on investor calls, we we tend to ask upfront, like, have you seen our videos? Because if I go ahead and describe it, people often, you know, kind of end up asking questions, which convey that they haven't seen it. And as soon as they do see it, they really immediately understand what we're trying to do here. So yeah, let's drop a link in the show notes and everybody can go there and check out what we're doing. Yeah, we'll definitely do that. So as, as I said, here at Geomob, we've had a lot of different startups taking different approaches on indoor navigation with all kinds of the positioning technology. You know, how do you even determine where the user is? Mm-hmm. And then once you have that position, then making use of that information in a clever way. So what makes you think that you're approach that you're on the right path? Yeah, I, I think one of the challenges we saw when we looked into the space was that when you're deploying at one location, scalability isn't as much of an issue. But when you're looking at working with a retail store, they've got thousands of stores. And so scalability is the number one priority for them. And we kind of were technology agnostic when it comes to the positioning technology. And we looked at all sorts of things. We looked at beacons, which honestly, everybody that we spoke to said, this is a dead technology. We've been disappointed by it. We've tried it. It hasn't worked. And there are all sorts of downsides to using beacons. There are some other ways that you can do positioning. But ultimately, what you need is something that is very scalable, that is very accurate, and, and, and is a great user experience at the same time. And so we built something, our approach to this is we've taken some great Wi-Fi based technology which is built out by the big tech companies, Apple and Google. And we basically built on top of that with our own technology, our our own algorithms that we've written over uh, several years by this point, uh, which really hone that down and get that super accurate. Well, at the same time... That's something in your application or it's some type of hardware that needs to be installed at the retail location? No, so it uses the built-in Wi-Fi from the location, which is actually incredible because it means you don't need any specialist hardware there's no infrastructure cost, and that's what we focus on. Is uh, aside from just the positioning, but also everything else. You know, the mapping of the stores and all of that kind of thing. We focus on how do we enable this to be as scalable as possible, so that we can roll out to thousands of stores in a pretty feasible way. Yeah, that sounds almost magical because you know many of the startups that we've seen in this space. It's all about they they sell some sort of device that first needs to be yeah. installed either either in the facility or on the thing that needs to be tracked or if it's assuming it's like an, an asset of some sort, a piece of equipment or something. Yeah. Huh. Well, I think when we look at the value, we're not looking at the value as let's sell them some positioning technology uh, or let's sell them an, a mapping SDK. But we look at it as how do we create the most value for shoppers how do we make every shopper as valuable as possible to a retailer? We're, we're aiming to build the best customer experience there. And to, re, and to do that, you need to make sure that the technology is so seamless that it just, you know, it, it just kind of gets out of the way. And what made you apply this to retail versus, you know, we've seen some startups, I don't know, doing indoor positioning in hospitals, indoor positioning in yeah. factories, production facilities, that type of thing. Why? What What was the attraction of retail? Yeah, well, we got inbound from many, many different markets, many of the ones that you just mentioned and all all sorts of other ones, including big big theme parks, that world-renowned ones you, can, you might imagine. With... Um, Retail, we saw an area where this is somewhere where people go on a very regular basis. It's an essential need for many people. So there's a huge market out of there, out there, and there's a huge potential for creating value. 
So when we sat down with the, these retailers, some of it was very early on when it was actually just me. And these retailers would reach out and they'd want to meet with, quote unquote, the team. And so I would turn up and um, they would literally fly over a team of people from like Germany or wherever and to London just to, to meet with us. And um, the stories that they had were really interesting. You know, it's about what they saw was they had all of these benefits from their online stores like discovery and product information and recommendations. And they just had no way to apply that within the actual store. Um, especially kind of on the recommendations point, you know, you've got some retailers who have these club cards and the best thing they have to do is a month after you've been to the store, they can deliver you something through the post with like, here's some things you might have been interested in. And what they kind of asked us was, is there a way that we can bring this in store to make it so when somebody's, you know, somebody's walking past an item and it's, it's relevant to them, we can actually say, hi, we don't want to bombard you with all of this stuff, but like, here's something that is actually relevant to you. It turns out that makes a much better shopper experience and it, it's, you know, it's it's valuable for the retailer as well. So that and other opportunities like that just made me think this is an area of huge potential that we could literally spend several years focusing on just this market and still not be at the depths of the value that we could create. So that is though a double-edged sword, right? In terms of the usability, because you know, it's always the case when the thing is truly relevant, you're like, oh yeah, that's great. Thanks for telling me. But you know, the worst case is, you know, every aisle you walk down, you're getting pinged every 10 seconds, then that's a nightmare. So even in general, you have a huge usability challenge here, right? In in terms of it, you're inventing a whole new way for people to go shopping. So how do you approach that? Exactly. How, how do you take that on? I mean, I could imagine there's, there's it's so difficult to change people's ingredient behaviors and, and get them to embrace something new. How, how, how are you and your team approaching this? Because now you actually do have a team, of yeah. course. But. Yeah, it's, it's really about creating value for the shopper, creating something that the shopper thinks is valuable. You know, if people vote by their attention to not use it, if, they, if they're getting pinged every time they walk down an aisle, with a different thing or three different things, they're just not gonna use it. They're gonna go, this isn't valuable for me. I'm not finding value in this. And so for us, we're not interested in that. We're just interested in how do we show them things which are actually relevant to them? In a lot of cases, that that's something as simple as you pick up an item, you add it to your basket, and here's, the, you know, it's on a two for one offer or something. Information that was right there on the shelf, but you might have missed it. So it's really about telling people about things that we think are going to be relevant for them. Down the line, that could be, you know, you've previously bought this item. It's on a three for two offer today. It's down the aisle. Do you want to add that to your shopping list? Right. So it's, it's all about like trying to create convenience and trying to improve the in-store experience for the shopper, because that is ultimately a, a huge barrier that you need to get over before you can really have a really valuable thing for the retailer. And what we want to see is, you know, not, not necessarily like how many stores can we get into in the fastest time, although that's important, but like before that, beneath that is how many shoppers can we get this in the hands of? How many people can we get to use it the next time they come to the store? So, so yeah, I think, I think that's what we focus on. And what stage are things at now? This is still kind of in the idea and design stage or it's, it's, you're testing it or it's live in stores or give us, give us, tell us a bit about where the business is, not just the idea. Yeah. So what we've done is we've spent the, right at the start, we validated a lot of the different use cases and the needs and everything like that. 
And then we went away and said, okay, well, what do we need to build in order to make this possible? There's some fundamental technology challenges here to integrate with the map of a store and understand where every product is on a daily basis because sometimes they move around and, and you know, to get really accurate in-store positioning. So what we've done to date is we've built up that technology sort of groundwork that is going to enable us to now move into stores. We've deployed this across Europe, shopping centres and massive train stations, university campuses and all sorts of areas where we've been able to test this out in all sorts of different types of environments to make sure it's really stable, it's really robust. We've put it in the hands of many people. So our next step really is we're now working with some retailers in the UK and we're going to pick one of them and we're going to deploy with them in one of their stores or a handful, a small handful of stores in order to really demonstrate that shopper value, demonstrate the value that this can create for customers. And then after that, we'll start to scale out to many of their stores. Well, congratulations. How are you finding the challenge of, I mean, this sometimes comes up at Geomob where people, typically you have someone or a very small team playing with the latest technology, and then they reach the point where it's, it's ready to go to market. And it's a real challenge for tiny startups to work with these big, old, <laughs> traditional companies offline, you know, and it doesn't get more offline than retail, right. food retail, right? I mean, this yeah. is literally an industry that has existed since the start of time. So how, how are you managing that? How are you finding that challenge? Yeah, I mean, that's literally in kind of our thesis and our goal, right? It's like, here is a, a market which is entirely offline, where right? our goal is to bring it online. So I think that, first of all, we are pretty lucky in that we put out these viral videos of what we do and a lot of people react to them and they get passed around and inevitably they end up in front of the retailers who then say, this is great, we want this in our stores. And so we get a lot of inbound from these big retailers. And I think that when you look at an early stage startup, that's going to be one of the challenges is, man, like how do you get a big retailer to work with you? And so I think we're very lucky in that fact that we have them reaching out to us. And so we get to actually choose and that's the kind of process that we're in right now is validating with each of these retailers who's going to be able to move fast, who's going to be able to you know, give us the flexibility and really be on, in line with our vision so that we can really deploy in not just one of their stores, but scale that up to many of their stores. I think another aspect of this is that you need to, you know, I have no experience in working with retailers and you need people with that experience. So we've got an incredible commercial lead right now who is busy talking to these retailers and he knows how to you know sell to really big organizations and how to move these deals from the very first stages all the way through to the end and so essentially it's that it's it's having the skill set on your team that you're able to actually work with them because for any startup who's looking to target a market like that i really wouldn't underestimate what you don't know about that sales process i mean i've certainly learned a lot uh, just from listening to our commercial lead talk about the different steps involved and how you need to, you know, uh, sell yourself at different stages. And um, so that that would be any advice I would give is like, make sure that you have somebody on your team who has experience working with these big organizations and knows how to how, how to sell into them. Sure. I, yeah, I imagine there's an immense amount of industry knowledge and just the terminology and the jargon that they use that, that oh yeah let's say we want to roll out in a new grocery store how do you map the store like how do you know product a is in aisle six and product b is in aisle 10 how, like how do you capture that information in as quick scalable way yeah you know i'm not entirely sure how much we are saying about this publicly so i'm gonna take okay. a second if to it's an, about- if it's an industry secret then then that's fine but I mean, I could imagine that must yeah. be quite technically challenging because 
you know, even even a small grocery store has hundreds of products, right? And yeah, I mean, sure, like you know, they don't move the aisles around that frequently, but but you know, you yeah. gotta, you know, it, it's still a lot of information that needs to be captured. So I can't tell you how we've done this, but I can tell you about why this is a challenge, which is that a retail store will have tens of thousands of products. It can it can be like forty thousand in a, a large grocery store, and so there's a number of challenges there where you want to make everything searchable. So if somebody in your app is searching for uh, you know, milk, for example, you need to be able to navigate them to the milk and you need to not be asking them, okay, well, here's two dozen different types of milk. Which one do you mean, right? You need to figure out how to make that into a good sure. user experience. You need to make sure that when, they, when you do select, when you do decide, you know, this is the product they mean, that you're taking them to the right location and store. And so these are some significant challenges where we've basically spent a long time looking at how those internal retailer systems work and how they talk to each other and how we might integrate with those in order to map those actually onto a store. I, I can tell you one thing they don't have is they, there is no layer there. They don't have a layer where they have like a, a map of where every product is. So that's something that we basically had to invent ourselves and figure out how do we triangulate between or how do we communicate between their inbuilt store system with an, an actual map of a store and, and and make sure that whenever they update their products, our map is also updated at the same time. So it's been a it's been a yeah. big challenge to do that. That's one of the key challenges, but I think we've done a really great job of that. Yeah, I can imagine it's immensely difficult because I am I'm just guessing, but probably they have their own technologies, potentially legacy technologies. And right. you know, obviously the, the the people in the store are probably very busy with a hundred other things. So it's it's not simple, I would yeah. guess. And to do that in a, in a foolproof way. Yeah, and this is why it's really important. I think by definition, we have a problem which is not scalable, right? We have a, we have a problem which requires infrastructure and work at each level. When you're talking about integrating with physical locations, there is necessarily, there's always gonna be work involved there. So our goal is how do we build how do we build tools that are going to make that as seamless as possible? And that comes down to the the positioning technology that I mentioned. It comes down to how we make really effective navigation. It comes down to how we integrate with our systems and how we enable them to map a store very quickly. And, you know, we have an incredible guy who's busy making our map builder. And he is experienced at ESRI and Geovation and, and uh, Ordnance Survey. And so he knows how to build really great maps. So he's busy working on a map builder that's going to enable us to get set up in each of these stores and integrate with those retailer systems very quickly. And frankly, I'm, I'm a bit in awe, Andrew, because this is, it sounds like you're taking on so many challenges. You've got to map the stores. Mm -hmm. You've got to get all the product info. You've got the usability challenge with the AR. Uh, I mean, there's a lot there. You know, this whole space of, of AR, what would be your advice for someone? It seems like it's moving very quickly. You know, what's your advice for someone who wants to get into the space and wh where can they go to, what's the best way to learn? Or are there newsletters? Are there, uh, I don't know, forums or something where this is being discussed? And, and similarly, is there anything like that for the crossover between AR and indoor navigation? What would be the best place for people to keep tabs on, on this, how this is developing? Yeah, I think on the on the indoor navigation front, I think I would say that this is a space where we have we've innovated because there wasn't anybody else who was offering a good solution. A lot of the other stuff in the indoor navigation space has been very been very rudimentary. Right, you need to tell it where you are, and you need to 
constantly, I don't know, hold your phone up to scan a room or whatever, and then it starts to suffer, suffer from drift as you walk along. So people have struggled in this space, I think, where we've done better than anybody else. So I'd kind of quite selfishly say, I don't know that there's a community out there for that. It seems like we're maybe doing the best job there, which might be, you know, quite a uh, self-aggrandizing thing to say. But but in the, in the AR space, there's certainly communities out there. I'm not as much a part of a part of any individual one though i think you know i started a community which you can find on my open source project and that has thousands of people on there and there's also i'd recommend i'd recommend using twitter and and reaching out to people over twitter there's a lot of people doing innovation uh, in the ar space there such as max fraser and um and, and a handful of other people quite often i'm added to lists on twitter of like ar innovators so i'd recommend people check that out I think, honestly, there could be more work done there in that space. Like, I have considered, you know, the the possibility of starting some sort of more broad community there. It's just I obviously don't have the time to do that. But I do think that, unlike the mapping space, where there is a clear community and there are places where you can go, I think there could be more work in the AR space done to enable people to, you know, connect with each other and, and, and to share ideas and things. But I think that also re- requires more people doing kind of making applications in the AR space, which I think on mobile is mostly kind of around a couple of different ideas. So it might be around spatial computing or it might be around face filters or, or some other things or furniture type applications or games. Uh, and I think those things are all interesting, but maybe there could be more of a big community there that somebody could maybe start soon that where everybody could come together and bring all of their shared ideas on that. Well, that's an opportunity for some someone out there listening right now. I mean, to um, mm-hmm. because it does seem, I mean, just it, it's very difficult to keep up with the pace of the innovation. It's so rapid. And so what's your opinion? You think glasses are truly coming? Do you think we're all going to walk around with kind of special glasses that are showing us things all the time? Or, or is that... Because it feels like yeah. Google Glasses a couple of years ago was pretty roundly rejected. Maybe yeah. it was just too early or what's your take on that? Yeah, you know, it might sound a little bit goofy today to describe it as, you know, everybody's wearing, walking around wearing these glasses. But I do think this is coming. When you look at the areas of investment from the biggest technology companies, you know, Facebook and Apple especially, this is the biggest area of investment. Mark Zuckerberg said at the Facebook reality conference They've just renamed it. I forget what they call it now. But uh, he said uh, just last month, you know, that they've done a lot of work in VR, but it's really a stepping stone towards AR. And they're now actively, you know, innovating and building new technologies and building towards these AR glasses. And you look at Tim Cook making, taking interviews where all he talks about is AR. Clearly, Apple's biggest investment is on building these AR wearables and they're expected to come out in the next couple of years. And when you look at the the level of innovation they're doing on mobile, they have incredible graphics that they're doing for AR on mobile. And I think everybody might, you know, everybody could agree that those incredible graphics aren't just because they believe that mobile applications of AR are going to be are going to require that level of graphics and fidelity, but because they know that this is building into something far more. And um, I think when you look at the LiDAR that just got added to the iPhone 12 Pro and you look at the, the U1 ultra-wideband chip that got added to uh, the iPhone uh, 11, I think it was added to first, these are some really key indicators that these are the technologies that they're going to push forward with in the next generation devices. 
Actually, on that note, one interesting thing that I, I think is becoming more evident is I think one concern people have is about privacy. And for sure. sure, I think if everybody's walking around with with a camera on the front of the glasses, that's going to be uncomfortable. Like, I do not want somebody wearing Facebook glasses with a camera on the front of them coming into my apartment. You know, like, I do not want that in my, sure. in my sure. apartment. I think LiDAR is an incredible technology because it enables them to, inc- to very quickly map an indoor space, like spatially, visually map it in terms of being able to show you where boundaries are and do occlusion and understand where the floor is and that kind of thing. But at the same time, it's not a camera. It's not taking any photographs. It's not taking any video. And I think that's going to be a a technology that I think is, my bet would be, I don't have any insider knowledge, but my bet would be that um, those, the AR wearables will come with LiDAR on the front and probably not a camera. Hmm. Well, definitely a space to keep our eyes on. I mean, it's interesting. We have seen just over the last decade, the shift to, I mean, first of all, of course, people getting smartphones in general, but now, you know, now it's become normal that people have smart watches like the Apple Watch or that people always have yeah. Bluetooth headsets in their in their ears, you know, enhancing their hearing or, or listening to audio or whatever. So maybe mm-hmm. maybe the glasses shift will come. So, but yeah, definitely a space, you're, you're, you're right. It feels like the, the pace of the technological innovation has way outpaced the cultural acceptance and the cultural. So maybe now we have a lag as people kind of learn how to use these technologies, how to deal with the issues like privacy that you say, and it slowly becomes normal. Yeah, I think we're in the very, very early days right now. We haven't actually seen any designs for any AR glasses. We don't know what kind of features Apple are going to put into there. My bet though, the bet that we're really making with Dent Reality is that when you walk into a store and you're wearing these glasses, you're going to expect that it, the store is going to kind of be able to offer you this sort of next generation in-store experience and give you product information, you know, the relevant information. And so that's kind of my vision for the technology. There's all sorts of applications, like the ones I mentioned, things that I know absolutely nothing about, like spatial computing seems really interesting, fascinating. I know almost nothing about it. Like, don't ask me anything about it. But location-based AR and the potential to integrate with not just stores, but museums and offices and airports to help you find your way to the gate and all things like that i think is going to be incredible potential and when i kind of describe what i why i really believe in ar it's it's because i think there are kind of some major revolutions we've seen in technology where maybe in the 2000s we saw that the internet enabled access to the world's information and then in the 2010s mobile enabled communication between anyone in the world instantly you could connect and communicate with anyone And I think the 2020s are going to enable us to connect to the world around us and give us that level of information about the real world where we'll look back and we'll go, my God, like we had a analog experience. Whenever we walked into a store, it was just us trying to figure out what we want to buy and look at all the information and everything. But I think having that guided experience is going to be the next big thing. Exciting, man. It's cool to to talk with someone who's at the forefront of that. So. Congratulations, Andrew. So what's Thanks. next for Dent Reality? What's what are your plans for 2021? And and also you should please mention I, be, I believe you're hiring, so maybe someone out there listening wants to get on board. Yeah, definitely we are. You know, in 2021 we are scaling up and we're growing our team. We especially focus on our product team. Um, I think we want to hire incredible people. I think especially for your audience, people who really know the mapping space well, 
And we're hiring across all sorts of roles, so that will be front-end and back-end development and Android and iOS and, and then product management and design and all of those things. What I'd recommend people do, because we're not hiring all of those today, and you know we're gradually doing it over time, but if you want to just, if you're interested in what we're doing, then definitely check out our website, first of all. But then if you just email hiring at dentreality.com, that'll kind of put you first in line, and that's the first place we're going to check. Fantastic. And how can people stay in touch with you? Go to the Dent Reality website, and or, or you're on Twitter, I believe. You're quite active there. Yeah, so the Dent Reality website is kind of into you know commercial needs and retailers and stuff like that today. The best way to track us out, I think, is on Twitter, because what we do on Twitter is we really show our innovation. We show some of the things we're working on. We post a lot of our cool videos of what we're doing in stores, and I think people seem to enjoy those. So you can check out Dent Reality on Twitter. It's at Dent Reality. And you can follow me on Twitter. I post some of the behind the scenes stuff and some other rambling thoughts and stuff. And you can follow me. I have a complicated username. It's Andrew Proj Dent. We'll get a link in the show notes. Yeah. Awesome. Very nice, Andrew. Thanks for joining us and uh, good luck. And, uh, you know, at, at some point, once once you've kind of hit the next milestone, we'll have to get you back to Geomod to give us an update because it's, it's really cool. Awesome. I mean, seeing is really believing. So, yeah. Good luck. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Ed. Bye. Bye. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today and listening to the GMOP podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed the discussion. Please don't hesitate if you have any feedback for us or any suggestions for topics that we should cover in the future. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, if you're not yet on the mailing list, please do get on the mailing list where we once a month send out an email announcing future events, summarizing past events, and just generally sharing uh, events that you may find of interest. You can also, of course, follow us on Twitter, where our handle is geomob. You can follow Steven at Steven Feldman. You can follow me at Fryfogel. You can check out Mappery at mappery.org. And of course, if you need any geocoding, please check out my service, which is opencagedata.com. We look forward to you joining us again at a future episode, and of course, seeing you at a future GeoMop event. Hope to see you there soon. Bye.